Good afternoon, everybody. It is Tuesday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Um, sitting in for Brian Batko on his Chipped Ham and Football podcast this week. Uh, Brian, along with the Steelers and everyone else, had some travel issues getting back uh, from Las Vegas. And so here I am. Um, you're stuck with me. And joining me today is Aditi Kinkabala from CBS Sports, formerly of the NFL Network. Um, very well known in our Pittsburgh market. Aditi, this is our first time getting a chance to talk. I'm I'm really excited. How are you? Adam, I'm going to start by just quibbling, not stuck with Adam, blessed to be with Adam, <laughs> right? You're not supposed to tell the listeners you're stuck with me. Self-deprecating. It's a special Tuesday, special week. Special edition of the Chip Tamman Football Podcast. Exactly. <laughs> with a superstar. You know, it's like when you have a guest bartender, you have a guest superstar host. That's what it is. Well, I appreciate the uh, the kind words. We'll see if the people in the comments agree later <laughs> on. Before we get started, just a reminder that the sponsor of this podcast is Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get your new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866 593 1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Aditi, uh, it remains a hot topic in Steelers land. When are we going to see more of the Steelers rookies? We've seen you know about 20 snaps each the past, this past week for Keanu Benton, Joey Porter Jr., uh, not enough to whet the appetites for a lot of people. And of course, Broderick Jones, the first round pick, um, we have yet to see him get extended run. Dan Moore Jr., still the starter at uh, one of those tackle spots. Um, I wanted to ask you about the cautiousness that the Steelers are showing kind of generally with these guys and, and whether you think it is a, a philosophical thing or whether you think it's a signal of, you know, where they stand in their development, given, you know, what you know about how the Steelers do business. I'd largely say that you don't get a debut back. So, even though Mike Tomlin literally just said that he doesn't think about the intangibles of things. Of course, Mike Tomlin does to some degree. That's why he's such a phenomenal coach. And if you throw someone out there before they are fully completely ready, before they've had the full benefit of the preparation you can offer them, it can completely change the way they approach, attack, ascend in their career. So I think that if you have a little wiggle room to allow someone to prepare, then that can only be a good thing. So maybe the feeling right now, and I'll just openly admit it, my husband, I live, as everybody knows, I live with a Steelers fan and a Steelers season ticket holder. And I live with a man who thought this was going to be the best draft class in all of Steelers history this preseason. He is saying the same things. But the issues are, wouldn't it be, or the, the I don't know if, if I would say issue, maybe that's the wrong word, but isn't it better to throw Broderick Jones out there when you know he's going to dominate, as opposed to throwing Broderick Jones out there and maybe he struggles and then you yank him to watch him and then he goes back in there and then you yank him. And that's not good for any sort of young player. And if right now the Steelers' estimation, if their feeling is that Broderick Jones is not that much better than the tackle that is starting than either of the tackles that are starting, 
then maybe it's worth investing in his development a little bit. I mean, I know Dick LeBeau never used to like to start rookies. He always wanted them to season a little bit. And I'll give you the perfect example. Just last week, I was on the sideline for Titans-Browns, and the Browns lost their veteran right tackle, Jack Conklin, the week before. And as you know, Dewan Jones, the fourth-round rookie, had to go in. Welcome to the NFL. He faced T.J. Watt. And even though, obviously, the Steelers' defense and T.J. had a monster game, Tawan Jones is actually playing fairly well, especially for a rookie. He's a huge man. He's taking advantage of all the support the Browns are giving him. Joe Thomas, my preseason broadcast partner who is in the Hall of Fame, says that he thinks that Tawan Jones is going to go down as the best pick of Andrew Barry's entire career. But when we talked to Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, he said, of course, I wish that we didn't have to play him. Of course, I wish that he have got, could have gotten all those practice reps. Of course, he would be so much better if he could just get that preparation time, if he could get those reps before you're under the spotlight. So I think if the Steelers feel right now that they can win, not just get by, but that they can win with someone else at corner, with someone else at left tackle, then why not? Why not let your guys get a little bit of seasoning? Now, my expectation, though, I will say this, everything that I've heard about these rookies, this is not a permanent situation. And at some point, those guys are certainly going to be pushing for more playing time. And at some point, it's not going to be so close anymore. It's not going to be an all things equal, let's let the young guy season. It's going to be a, we have to play the young guy. What would you say to a Steeler fan that points to other rookies in the league? You bring up other situations. They're all different, but you know, a lot of Steelers fans have pointed to Christian Gonzalez in New England. He's done some impressive things. Um, Mike Tomlin today, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, spoke about Brian Branch and, and how great he's looked in Detroit and, and how he's not surprised at the success he's having um, you know, with the Lions. Um, how much do you think that philosophy varies and how much do you think it's a matter of this is just where this player is in this situation. Um, and, and maybe it's unfair to compare those guys to Joey Porter. I'm laughing because Christian Gonzalez was my pick to go to the Steelers at 17. I don't know if you knew this, but on the radio before the draft, I was asked to pick who do I think they're taking. And a year ago, I'd chosen Kenny Pickett. So I thought I was on a great streak. And then Christian Gonzalez didn't go, didn't, did indeed go in the Steelers original draft spot, <laughs> just not to the Steelers. Um, you know, I think that this is one of those things you don't, I would advise fans, you don't want your team to be like every other team. There's a reason that you love the Steelers. There's a reason that you love the way the Steelers do business. And sure, you're always trying to grow and watch and see what you can ascertain from somebody else. But don't be sitting here and saying just because Team X does this, the Steelers need to do that. Now, there are some things that the Steelers certainly can grow and learn from, whether it's guaranteeing money for a player in the second and third year of their contract, whatever. There are things that, yes, you evolve, but I don't feel like that's a valid comparison point because every single situation is a little bit different. And so just because Brian Branch is playing, just because Christian Gonzalez is playing, that may be more of a statement on those secondaries or those team situations than they are on Joey Porter Jr. or the Steelers. What do you, what do you think is our fair expectations for this team? If these guys are going to take, you know, half the season, maybe most of the season to get into those roles. I think a lot of, of fans got baked in the idea that, Oh, you know, the Steelers addressed many of their biggest needs with, with draft picks that they're very excited about. So that necessarily means that the team should be a lot better. And it, it doesn't seem like things are playing out that way. Do you think the Steelers can be a better team 
um, and build over the course of the season without those guys making those big immediate impacts that a lot of fans I think were hoping for. Yes, and I apologize that I'm laughing, but I literally said this on a radio show in another market this morning. It's still so early. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, I literally just said this to my eight-year-old son yesterday. I said, we're only three games into a 17-game season. So it's hard to make a great statement on anything at this point, what you want to feel is, is your team getting better week to week to week? Are they stacking better performances? Does this week look better than last week looked? And do you feel more confident about next week? So I just feel like it's too early to say, and especially Adam, think about like where we are in the NFL right now. So few teams are putting together real reps in the preseason. A lot of teams are actually spending this first month trying to learn each other, acclimate, figure out the kinks of whatever their systems are. So again, I just think that all of that is really premature. And what you have right now is an opportunity right in front of you to stack a third win in a row. And that's what you should be focused on. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point. Although I certainly understand fans that, that get frustrated, you know, with what they saw in the first couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I think especially now that you've moved past some of those really tough pass rush situations to have potentially thrown Broderick Jones into, for example, with the, with the guys the Steelers faced in the first three weeks. Um, wanted to get into a little division talk because you covered the AFC North writ large for a very long time, um, have a lot of expertise, not just on the Steelers, but the other teams. Um, that they face, you know, in most of their games. Um, uh, starting with, the, where do you think, compared to your expectations going into the season, has everyone pretty much been kind of what you expected? Um, and what surprises have you seen around the division that maybe have gone a little bit differently than, than what your expectations were? Um, I think the Bengals are who I thought the Bengals would be. And I thought it would be a little bit of a slower start because Joe Barrow missed the entire preseason. And if you remember, that's exactly what happened last year too. Uh, but they're still fiercely talented and that's a quarterback that elevates his team. And the defense thus far has not suffered a huge drop off having lost its two veteran safeties. The, Brown's offense is starting to come together, which is sort of crazy to say in the absence of Nick Chubb, but uh, the group did indeed have its best game this past week, and Deshaun Watson is playing with more confidence than I've seen thus far through the six games last year and the first two this year. The Browns' defense is even better than I thought. I mean, I was insanely bullish on the Browns' defense. This is an outfit that is not trying to fool anybody, is not trying to outthink anybody, is simply just lining up and beating people. And I think that if that's a group that stays healthy, it's only going to be playing faster. I think the Steelers should feel incredibly proud of its own defense coming up with the splash plays to turn that game. And in general, I hate this idea of excuses because you have to play who's opposite you. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Steelers offense started against two, what are probably the true premier defenses in the National Football League right out the gate in, in San Francisco and Cleveland. And for the Steelers to somehow as a team be able to figure out how to pull out a win against the Browns is very impressive. And the defense being able to pick up the offense where necessary. The Steelers 
I think I expected a bit more from the offense. I think with that, we spent so much time this off season talking about the coordinator and the offense that's being run and the offensive play design and putting players in a position to succeed that I feel like I thought I might see more, even despite the defenses. But again, I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth. It's still really early. It's still really early. Teams are still figuring a lot of things out. There's always a lot of tinkering. There really should be a lot of tinkering and adjusting all the way through. So I'm not ready to make any grand statements. And I think you certainly saw a lot of nice signs. And then who do I leave out? The Ravens. The Ravens. Um, the poor Ravens are just snake bit. I wish they could be healthy. I really just wish the Ravens could be healthy so we could see who they really are. But I'm excited about both the defense and what this offense could potentially do when it actually has some reps together and logs some time together. John Harbaugh is one of the best in the NFL at saying, what coach matches my personnel? What do my personnel need the most? And John Harbaugh made the assessment, you know what? Lamar Jackson is not a system guy. He's not a guy that should be in the box of some sort of system, whatever that system is. I need someone who's flexible and can think outside of the box. And that's who Todd Munkin is. And so we'll see. I mean, it's still, it's a new partnership, right? They've got their three games into it. So let's see how that goes. But I will say that I've covered Lamar since he was a rookie. He is in a, he's in a different place. He's, uh, he's more comfortable. He's more gregarious. You can see a level of his, his maturity. He's certainly way more invested in offensive scheme and playbook because Todd Monken is empowering him to have a lot of say at the line of scrimmage. And it's exciting to see. He, we're, we're very lucky in the AFC North. We have a lot of unbelievably dynamic players that if you can sort of get past your allegiance a little bit, you can at least like on a higher level appreciate the athleticism of who you're seeing or the playmaking ability of who you're seeing. I hope <laughs> I'll probably get ripped for that. Right, Adam? Like, what is she talking about? Nothing well, matters to the team you root for. We're going to talk about this in a minute. The, uh, the TJ Watt, Miles Garrett debate that will not go away. So I don't know if that's true for a lot of people, but, um, but you know, you, you can hope that there's a higher appreciation. I think the Steelers fans chanting Chubb, Chubb, Chubb um, on yeah. his way off the field on Monday night football signaled that there is, you know, some level of mutual respect there um, within the division. I thought that was a really classy gesture. Um of those four, who's impressed you the most, Aditi, in, in terms of, um, you know, an ability to win this division come the end of the season? Obviously, it's still early. All of these disclaimers that, that we've been, you know, kind of lacing throughout the episode. But just just given those first reactions to the first You know games. what, Adam, I can't do it. I can't. We're only three games in. It's still really early. It's very hard. I can give you something I love about each team, and I can give you something that worries me about each team. Um you know, if I tell you the Steelers, I just think as much as I love the Browns defense, and I really do, I love the Browns defense. I love the way that they attack. I love how disruptive that front is and how they can roll eight guys. I love the back end. I love how fast the linebackers are playing. All of that. They don't create the splash plays that the Steelers defense does. The Steelers defense, I may not love on all three levels in the same way, but the Steelers defense have a knack for the ball. This is a group or has the Steelers defense. That's singular. The Steelers defense has a knack for the ball. The Steelers defense has a knack for coming up with the big play when the big play is necessary. And nobody headlines that more than TJ Watt. But that at the end of the day is way more valuable 
than playing. I mean, you can play 60 unbelievable minutes, but if the other defense over there somehow comes up with two touchdowns, that's way more valuable. So I love that piece of it. Um, I, I could I could do this with every single team. I'm just going to I'm going to plead the fifth at the moment, even though I just gave you a lot of words. I'm going to beg. Can we come back to that a little bit later in the season? Absolutely, that's fair enough. I, I think that's that's certainly a fair assessment of the situation. Going to get into a couple of Steelers Browns topics here uh, after a quick break to thank our sponsors. First, first of all, we have Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer. Call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level of your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn and apply at Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Aditi, you mentioned you spend a lot of time around the Browns. How much does losing a player like Nick Chubb change their identity as a team? Or, um, you know, do you think that there can be this next man up mentality over the long run um, with, with Kareem Hunt, with Jerome Ford, those guys? Do you think the Browns can remain the Browns? without a transcendent talent like like Nick Chubb? You know, it, it feels almost heretical to say this because, Adam, let's be honest, Nick Chubb is one of the best players in the National Football League. Nick Chubb is easily one of the top two running backs in the NFL. I am on the record having said, even though I am supposed to be impartial and unbiased, I love Nick Chubb and I would take a whole team of Nick Chubbs. Having said that, the Browns are still very confident in their ability to run the ball. The Browns are still very confident in their offensive line, in their run scheme, and who Jerome Ford is. Now, Jerome Ford isn't Nick Chubb. You're not just going to give Jerome Ford the ball and expect the same Nick Chubb sort of things, but you can expect enough to have an effective run game. Kareem Hunt is the number two. He doesn't take over as the number one, but Kareem Hunt is in a different place than he was the last four years. You know, I th- he's been humbled a little bit by having been on the street. And I very openly asked him, I said this from the sideline of our game, asked him how Kareem Hunt chapter two with the Browns is different than chapter one. And he very honestly said, this time I'm buying all the way in. This time I will have a positive attitude every single day. This time I will be a great teammate and be a leader every day. And look, it was four years. No one has anything negative to say, but the four years spelled, okay, that was good. And it's time to move on. And Kareem said, even Monday night when he was watching the Steelers Browns game and he saw Nick Chubb hurt, even then he didn't think he was getting a call from the Browns because he was so sure the relationship had run its course. But the Browns did indeed call and the Browns made very clear they weren't going to make a move out of desperation, but they're in a place where they are both looking to move forward. The Browns and Kareem Hunt are both looking to move forward in a way that's perhaps a little bit different than the way that their first chapter ended uh, or closed. And 
I think Kareem Hunt will be a great, great, great compliment to Jerome Ford. He hasn't had to unlearn another offense. He is very familiar with this offense. He's a great pass catcher and pass protector. He also has dynamic game-breaking ability. So all of that is good. And then there's, you know, Deshaun Watson likes to play an empty. Deshaun Watson likes to spread the ball wide. Deshaun Watson had some of his best, most explosive years in Houston when he actually didn't have a great running back. So it's time to step up. And we, we saw it Sunday. He did. He had the best game that he's had as a Cleveland Brown on Sunday. So I don't know that, again, I'll say it again. It feels awful saying it, but I don't know that it's as devastating as it could be for the Browns to lose Nick Chubb simply because of the way that they are built. I think it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out. Um, Aditi, the, we, we teased it a little bit earlier, the, the raging debate still going on between Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, which is the better player. Uh, Pro Football Focus has weighed in on it this week. JJ Watt keeps tweeting about it seemingly every week, seemingly every time TJ Watt does spectacular things on a football field. I'm going to ask the question this way. Is there a correct answer to this question, or is this just going to be a, a partisan thing where these, you know, both players are great, their home fans are going to prefer them no matter what. Uh, but in, in the big picture, they're both, you know, really similar and spectacular players. They are very spectacular players in their own right. They are both game breakers in their own right. They are both insanely disruptive forces. But I do think that a piece of this is about who has the pelts on the wall and what pelts matter to you. So, and look, I've said this to Miles Garrett's face. I think Miles Garrett is a beast. I think that he was blessed with all sorts of genetic gifts. I think that TJ works in a way that is just insane, has a drive and a single-minded love for football that also is insane. But I said it the year that TJ didn't win the defensive player of the year to Aaron Donald. I remember sitting next to my husband and he's like, it'll be TJ. And I said, no, it's going to be AD. And he said, what are you talking about? Look at all of TJ's numbers. And I said, it's not just about the numbers. It's about certain plays in certain moments and certain consistency. And it was indeed AD. Then the next year it was TJ. And I don't know that there was really a question that it would be TJ, but I think where TJ distinguishes himself from Miles, not to say that Miles can't do this in the future, TJ makes those plays that change the game and have an impact on the scoreboard. So Miles did, in fact, this last week, have a play that maybe doesn't show up the same way that a touchdown does, but the Titans were unable to do absolutely anything offensively until they were finally in the two-minute offense at the end of the first half, and they hit a couple big plays. They were able to protect enough. They're driving down, and it looks like they're – in position to score a touchdown, forget the field goal. They were already in field goal range, but they were going to score a touchdown. The Brown and that would change. It would turn it into a ball game at that point, especially since the Titans were coming out at the half with the ball. Well, Miles sacks Ryan Tannehill takes him out of field goal range. The whole ends the drive. The Titans have seemingly had this great drive, but now they're totally deflated. They go in the half with nothing to show for it. They come out and go three and out. That's a, that's a series that, changes the momentum of a game that changes the nature of the game. Great. That's not the same as forcing a fumble that leads to a touchdown by Alex Highsmith. That's not the same as scoring a touchdown yourself. TJ has a knack for doing that. And 
TJ has the ability to elevate everybody around him simply by virtue of his nature, the way that he works. I mean, I've had Steelers teammates say to me in the past, like they can't slack because they don't want TJ on them or they can't slack because they can't look bad in front of TJ. There's something magical in that. Tom Brady was like that. You just feel this urge and desire to play better when you're with a guy like that. So again, this is like quibble. I'm telling you what matters to me, you know, like I want to see a defensive player who doesn't only stop the run and make the tackle and get the sack, but also scores points or helps his teammates score points. I want to see a defensive player who makes his teammates better than him. So up until this point, we haven't seen Miles do that in the same way that we've seen TJ do that. But I'll tell you this. I was on the sideline with Ramon Foster, who everybody in Pittsburgh obviously knows. Ramon is now doing the sidelines for the Titans radio. And we were watching together during the game and Miles had a big play. And I said to Ramon, how is Miles different than when you were playing against him? And he said, you know, I just think that he's playing with more confidence. And he said, this is what happens when you get to like year six through 10. And he said, early in your career, career, you're still kind of trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure yourself out a little bit. But you hit about year six and you really start hitting your stride and you get to year 10 you're not old yet. You know, your body hasn't given up on you. This is what his window is. So I'm not writing miles off. I think that the best is yet to come from miles, but it's just hard, Adam. I, I don't want to sit here and be on the record saying, Oh, Aditi has said this one is better than the other one. I think they're two amazing, great players and their fan bases are right to completely have their backs. Yeah. I'm right there with you. That's why I don't think that there necessarily is a, a good answer. Um, Christopher Carter and I have debated this a little bit and, and on the North Shore Drive podcast. And I tell him, listen, I, I think it's within the margin for error and, and you're going to have to make your own judgments. That's kind of how I, I look at that question, um, especially when we get down to those PFF grades and there's a, a number affixed to it. I think that gets a lot of passions going. Um, Aditi, I wanted to talk a little bit about both the Ravens and the Texans, the Steelers' next two opponents. You've seen them both up close. Let's start with the Texans this week. Um, what are you curious to see in that matchup uh, between, you know, I, th I think a team that surprised a lot of people last week in, in Houston and, and the Steelers who seem to have gotten their sea legs a little bit. Houston is completely different than it was a year ago. And I had them multiple times last year. Um, the whole sideline demeanor is different. And, and that's not surprising because that's who D'Amico Ryans is. I mean, I remember covering him as an Eagles player. He and I were joking about that. In fact, week one in our production meeting, I don't know why he doesn't, look any older and I look so much older <laughs> but in any case um you know he just he just oozes that confidence that drive that focus I remember week one so I had the Texans against the Ravens and there just was no quit on the bench the way that they were engaged the whole way the way that they battled and fought it was different than a year ago. It's a very young team. It's a team that doesn't know that this is an outfit that hasn't won for a long time. You've got leaders that are first and second year players. I mean, their captains are Jalen Petrie and CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud is way exceeding a lot of expectations I heard from him. But I think that that's also Bobby Slowick putting him in really good position to succeed. I love, love, love their running back, Damian Pierce. Love their running back. Love the way he runs. He is so tough. He falls forward. Everything about him, um, I'm a huge fan of. And I think the defense is not, the defense isn't making mistakes. You know, they're being very patient. 
They're not letting anything, they're kind of keeping everything in front of them. It's a sound, smart, young team. And they believe in their coach. They bought into what their coach is saying. And coming off of that win, I think is is only good for them. I also think that that building, you know, Mike Tomlin references how going to Vegas was like being at a home game. And I'm sure there will be a lot of Steelers fans in Houston too. But I think that Houston has a different degree of engagement since the hiring of D'Amico. I think J.J. Watt being honored is going to be a big deal. I think coming off of that win will have some excitement. So I think the building, I think Energy Stadium will be loud and rocking and all of that. And that's a good, fun thing for that team. So it should, you know, I, I don't think it's the same walkover win that you would expect it to be a year ago. Yeah, I think I think a lot of Steelers fans were woken up to that this week, just seeing how um, you know how Houston was able to put it all together against the playoff team last season in Jacksonville. So I think it's going to be an interesting game that that could be a, a real pivot point for the Steelers. Um, one game we know that will be a pivot point, Aditi, is Steelers Ravens looming in two weeks. We're probably not going to get a chance to talk to you before then. So I just wanted to to get your impressions on how those teams you know match up. Um, is it just, you know, the same type of game we've, we've come to expect, or are there some differences in these teams that you're curious to see play out, um, in week five? Yeah. Adam, we're such a week to week league. Who are the Ravens even going to have next week? (laughs) And I hate to say that I shouldn't laugh. I mean, it's awful, but you know, before we started talking, it was, are the Ravens going to sign Kyle Van Noy, you know, because they obviously need help at linebacker. It's hard. And how are the Ravens going to come out of what will absolutely be a black and blue matchup against the Browns? I don't, I, I, again, and I don't mean to have a cop out here for you, but let's see how this week goes, because I think a lot of what happens this week could play into what we see next week. Aditi, any final thoughts on the way things are shaping up in the AFC North before we wrap up? It was it was so great to have this conversation with you, get your your unique perspective. There's not a lot of people who focus on all four of these teams as as narrowly as you. So it's always very interesting to hear your perspectives. Um, you know, anything you're watching for in the, in the coming weeks? I'm just I'm excited to see these teams settle in a little bit more. You know, my, my analyst, my game partner. Adam Archuleta asked two coaches in the last two weeks, is it kind of week one where you sort of learn who your team is? Because in the preseason, again, you don't necessarily see who they are. You don't see them all together. You don't see how the outfits sort of play off of each other. You don't necessarily get your entire offense together and or defense. And, um, both coaches that he that he asked us of said it kind of takes a month. And that's what I feel. You know, I think we're sort of in this early phase right here, Adam, and we're seeing signs of who we think teams are, but it's also how do they respond to certain things that are a statement on who they are. And so I guess I'm looking for a little bit more clarity. Because, and again, it's a long season, so it's not like everything is written in stone after week four. But I think you just have a stronger sense of who somebody is once you've gotten through this first quarter of the season. Yeah, and I think that's been reflected a lot in some of Mike Tomlin's teams and, and the resurgences they have You know, late in seasons at times is, is it takes a little while to get sea legs, but then right. you kind of get going. So it's you never want to be- peak. You never want to peak early. You know, it's like if you're asking to crown a Super Bowl champ after three weeks, no one wants to be playing their best ball after three weeks. 
Well, and that's I. You know, I've been saying it for two years with Didi. I said, "Let's see where the Steelers are at the end of the second year of, of the Kenny Pickett year. At the end of this transition, are they a good team?" By that point, you know, holding them to that standard this early, I think, is you know, you're you're only halfway through the two years, kind of at this point. You're a little past halfway. Are you a good team in Week 15, 16, 17, where you can win your way into the playoffs and be a threat once you get there? That's that's what I'm looking out for as well. So. I think this was a, a great conversation in terms of patience. We love to overreact early in the season, but I think your voice of moderation is is very much needed, Adidi. So thank you for uh, thank you for stopping by today, and hopefully we'll have you back um, a few more times this season. Anytime, Adam. Thanks so much for happening for having me. And as much as I love Brian Batko, you were indeed a fabulous guest host. Well, thank you very much. And everyone, please stay tuned. Next week, Brian will be back in the slot. Um, he will have a new guest for us to talk to. Um, I will be back later in the week, the Penn State Football Podcast Wednesday morning. Um, I'll also have my conversation with Paul Zeiss on Thursday. Christopher Carter will have the North Shore Drive podcast on Wednesday and Friday. So a lot more content coming your way. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you pop a like on this video. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.